Welcome to Amplifying Wellness with TLC, a podcast where we discuss self-care and wellness through some of our guest stories, information, and tips on how to live happier and healthier lives. We're twin life coaching and business services with your host, myself, Barb Schutz, and my business partner, friend and sister, Tara Lehman. We care about increasing awareness around self-care and mental health through various avenues, such as this podcast, our coaching, consulting, workshops, and our supportive communities. To find out more about our services and our communities, please visit twinlifecoaching.ca. And as a a reminder as well, we want to remind all of our listeners that this podcast is for sharing of stories and information only. It's not intended to be a place um, to replace any medical advice that you are seeking or have received. Today, we are welcoming Terrence Dawkins of Missing Pieces Counseling Services, who has a specialty around intergenerational trauma and the burdens we carry due to these traumas that were passed down to us. Welcome to the show, Terrence. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess the first question, Terrence, would be just to tell us a bit about your background in business in general with regards to self-care and wellness and how, how you built it. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker. So I'm ultimately I'm a therapist and I'm in Spartanburg, South Carolina, went to school at Winthrop University where I received my master's and bachelor's degree in social work, uh, worked at a hospital as a case manager for a couple of years doing mental health assessments in the emergency department, transitioned to working in an outpatient therapy center while I was getting my licensure and currently work at a college university's counseling center, as well as doing my private practice in mental health therapy. Wow, you're busy. Yes. (laughs) Well, so obviously there is a lot of people who have trauma or even intergenerational trauma, and it's something that a lot of people deal with. So what do you see in general, because there's so many different kinds, obviously, uh, some of the main challenges that come your way from your clients? Yeah, so some of the main challenges that I see is, number one, learning how to identify the trauma. I think that's the, the primary thing because okay. we go up throughout our days and are always worried about our responsibilities. We never really think about what exactly is impacting us or how we react mm-hmm. to certain situations or events. And not being able to identify exactly what's going on, you can't fix it. So I think that's one of the main things that I've noticed is that people can't identify it and and they also can't accept it. That's another thing. So Mm -hmm. if something has happened to me, I can probably say, yes, it's happened, but I can't accept it. And if I can't accept it, I can't heal from it. So I think one of the couple things that I've seen related to trauma that it's very difficult for people to begin their healing journey. And and it's, as you said about the recognition, so basically not just understanding it's there, but actually accepting and recognizing that it's happening to us. Is that how you refer to that? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what what we tend to do, and I like the way that you said understanding, we try to make sense of what's happened to us, whether that's currently or in the past. We try to rationalize it and make sense of it. And some of the times that we rationalize or make sense of it is in a way that we cope with it and so the way that we rationalize it is a way that it's probably not exactly how it's happened but it's the way that we can make sense and a lot of times we put a lot of self-blame on that which and then impacts how we view ourselves and how we view ourselves related to the outside world so that rationalizing piece of what's happened also is a barrier to acknowledging and understanding exactly what happened 
And I'm, I'm guessing, guessing too that the term trauma can, a lot of people think of this term trauma in a very traditional sense. So something hugely drastic happened, but trauma can also be from something small or day to day or repetitive as well, correct? Correct. Uh, trauma is anything that's had some type of emotional impact on you that has long lasting effects. Now, not just emotional either, it could be also a physical reaction as well because trauma is not just also held there we don't react to it just but with our thoughts but our body responds to it as well so any type of emotional or physical response you get because of a certain event or situation that can lead to it being called trauma Mm -hmm. so i have a question about the physical it's very interesting that you mentioned that um what types of things are people seeing in their bodies when you say physical just to help our audience understand what that that means yeah, so with when I say physical, our brains are wired for survival. Right. So ultimately, when you have a situation that comes up, the amygdala, it is your alarm system to trigger, say, hey, something's going wrong. And then it triggers other areas of your brain to interpret that and then to send out different um, biological hormones and things okay. like that to try to prepare you to react to whatever danger is present. So when I say okay. physical, it's more of like a biological response that your body does automatically. And you might feel that within like, oh, I feel real nervous or anxious, or I feel this like tightness in my chest, or I feel this mm-hmm. pit in my stomach. Those are different physical sensations you might experience based off of the event. So a lot of people, when they experience trauma, and let's say they relive that trauma or they think about the trauma, they might then react as if they're still in that situation. And that could okay. be a physical sensation that they feel and which also impacts how they think about and register what's going on currently. And that's part of what PTSD is, is reliving and re-experiencing that. And that doesn't necessarily have to be just how, with your thoughts. It can be with your physical sensations and, and how your body responds to certain events. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was really a great way to clarify that, because I think people forget that part. A lot of people think it's just, um, you know, the quote all in their head and, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, our, the trauma's all up here, but it's not. It's it's all connected to our biology, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you share some ideas on um, how we can go about, you know, doing some self-care to help people who suffer from trauma? Yeah. What are some of the self-care things? So one of the things that we try to teach when related to treating trauma is mindfulness. So Ah, mindfulness the ability to stay present within a moment and not get like lost or distracted within your thoughts. And that Mm -hmm. also can help you calm down your nervous system. That's going back to that physical reaction piece or that biological reaction piece to trauma. It helps you calm down your nervous system to the point where you then can respond to a certain situation instead of react to it. So mindfulness could be guided meditations. It could be intentionally paying attention to how you are doing a certain, um, task or something like that, or just go outside and say, I'm just going to focus on everything that I hear or everything mm-hmm. that I see. Um, and mindfulness doesn't have to be some intricate, you know, activity or thing that you do, but mindfulness is definitely something that we teach for self-care. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes because a lot of people don't know how to do it at first. Mm-hmm. And what that's doing is, is creating neuroplasticity. And that word means pretty much brain flexibility. So instead of you having this constricted thought process around a certain event, you're able to ultimately 
kind of open up your brain to different possibilities and different uh, outcomes to situations and able to mm-hmm. process things better. So that's in think people would tell people, yeah, we want you to read or we want you to write. We want you to go do activities you like doing. But ultimately what that's doing is actually mindfulness when you think about it, because when you're actually doing that activity, you're focused primarily on the activity and yeah. not whatever is causing you the stress or trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and mindfulness with, sorry, Barb, with the five senses, as you were starting to talk about there, it's, it's perfect. That it, it gives you a refocus. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people still see mindfulness as straight meditation. And I think, you know, the more that, you know, we're all educating others that that's not what it is. Mindfulness for me personally is doing a puzzle. Yeah. I love puzzling, yeah. but you know, it's a me, myself and I moment. It's a self-care moment for me when I'm really stressed out. Um, and I think that, yeah, mindfulness, I could absolutely agree would be a great way to to deal with that too. Um, yeah, absolutely. So if mindfulness is, is one resource and we want to talk a little bit about resources because a lot of people do, you know, they're trying to overcome some um, major or minor traumas. And although, you know, we do know our audience is global. I mean, you're in the U.S., we're in Canada as an example. So resources aren't always specific, but is there types of places or types of resources that our audience, if they're dealing with trauma or know someone who is that could potentially look for in order yeah. to help them? So if we're, we're talking about mindfulness, there's all types of guided meditations or different yeah. mindfulness activities that you can find on YouTube. So that's mm-hmm. the, I like to direct a lot of my clients to that because you can pick what works for you. And yeah. it, it's not just, just like, cookie cutter type thing is like an endless amount of possibilities that you can do it if you don't like meditation that's fine like you said puzzles are your type of mindfulness people can walk you through how to do different activities and how to do it mindfully there's different apps you can download with different mindfulness practices in it um i I don't have any specific ones off the top of my head but definitely just type in like mindfulness and they'll pull Mm -hmm. them right up i'm thinking head headspace is a good one headspace is definitely one yeah, because mm-hmm. we use that at our college counseling center as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good one. So Headspace, uh, definitely YouTube. You can Google mindfulness practices. Um, you could also go on. I think it's Therapist Aid, and they have okay. different um, resources there for different mindfulness or different self care things like that. And okay. and also they have different worksheets that you can work through as well. So therapist mm-hmm. aid is another one that I yeah. use and, and it's too completely free. Oh, that's a little great. bit of cognitive behavioral therapy. Is that, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's a great tool, even for people who are depressed as well, or to reframe some negative thoughts, if that's yeah. part of it. Right. Yeah. And a lot of what, what happens is, like I said, with people not understanding what's going on or, or being able being aware of it, these different worksheets or you know, learning about mindfulness in general, it gives you a toolkit to where you can be more aware about what's going on so you can consciously make a better decision on how I'm going to respond to an event. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we're doing. We want to make people more aware of what their body is doing and what their mind is doing so they can then be, stop themselves and take a moment and say, I'm going to choose to do something different in this specific moment. It's mm-hmm. about choice. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we we kind of, I heard a both of you kind of touching on other people. So a good uh, kind of lead to the next question would be, um, so how can family members or friends, you know, be there for that person or help or, you know, be that tool for them? How are yeah. they, how can they be a resource? 
So when, when you asked that question, the first thing that came to mind was, why don't people reach out for help? And part of that is, oh, I'm afraid of being judged, criticized, or yes. belittled, or saying that, you know, my feelings aren't really validated. They don't validate me. So what, what family members, what friends can do, what partners can do is be, just listen. That's it. Just listen. You don't necessarily have to have a response for what this person is saying. You don't necessarily have to have the answer, but just being that person to be there and listen to them and validate that they can feel that way and that you may not understand what they're feeling, but you can empathize with them. And that's what people want because we want, we want to make sure that we're connected with one another. And that's a way of feeling connected. We want people to understand us. We want to make, you know, we want ourselves to feel like, oh, I'm not crazy for feeling this way. So being able to just listen and having a, instead of responding or trying to think about how I'm going to react to this, what they're saying, just listen. And they will tell you what they need if you just listen. And then from there, depending on what they need, that's when you address that. And that's another question that people can ask. Well, what do you need from me right now? I ask that question to my clients at the beginning of every session because you never know what's going on or what just happened right before they walked in. So I mm-hmm. always ask them, what do you need from me right now? That's one key question to let somebody know that you're there for them to support them. Yeah, I, and that I think question. that's yeah, I think that's really important. For people, I think when they're hearing someone say something, they always want to say, oh, I understand or it's OK. And those are the worst things that someone can say instead of just acknowledging what they're saying or just saying I'm here for you what what do you need to me that is more help than saying you understand when you may not you probably don't yeah and there's different communication strategies you can use and that's a whole nother conversation but just, <laughs> it is <laughs> No, rephrasing what they said to make sure you yeah. fully understood it, summarizing yeah. it to make sure that you got mm-hmm. what they uh, what they said and make sure you again that you understood it and to clarify and to make sure that, you know, you're not interpreting what they say in a way that they didn't intend it to be interpreted. Yes. So I think that's another some communication skills that people can use when talking to someone that's probably approached them with something that they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And, and we love that topic of communication and especially on the leadership podcast that we do, it's always a hot topic. Um, you know, it's just, and you're right, summarizing to make sure you actually understood what they were saying, but in a very kind way. Um, I love that you brought that up. Yes. So if we twist that a little bit, what about employers? So would do, if someone was to share that information with someone at work or with their employer, because I know not everybody wants to do that, but if someone was because it's affecting them, you know, how do you see that support being different than a family or friend? Like, have you have you ever had to give advice around that? When I think about employers, they're, you have to think about it. Employers, their primary job is to make sure that whatever job function that you have gets done. That's ultimately what they're there for. So if it's starting to impact your ability to perform that job function or whatever you are assigned to do, if I was to go to my employer and and tell them that I'm having some type of struggles or I'm having an issue with something, what I would want to receive from that employer is, again, them first to listen, to empathize, but then also see have some resources that they can give me so that I have support. So it's more of supporting me 
telling me that, not telling me it's going to be okay, but supporting me so that I can still meet my job function because I know that's what you're going to do. But you don't want, what employers don't want to do is try to make it seem like the job function is more important than the issue you're having. Because then now, like, I cannot, you know, come to you or I'm in jeopardy of losing my job if I admit that I'm having these things or struggles, or if they see that my productivity level is decreasing, then they don't, and I can't tell them why, then again, I'm at, at, uh, I'm in trouble for losing my job or getting written up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it depends on the type of trauma, whether somebody's going to share that, that information, but if they do, you would hope that most employers nowadays, I wouldn't say all of them, but most of them nowadays would have some resources and some ability to accommodate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we would hope so. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So is there anything that you wanted to share as a key takeaway or a keynote for us that we haven't brought up yet today? Well, I always like to tell people, you know, no matter what you're going through, that it probably didn't start with you. I like to tell people that because, again, we like to put a lot of self-blame on situations that we might be in. We like to, you know, down, we like to talk self down around ourselves. Mm-hmm. We feel like things are our fault. And so I like to tell people it probably didn't start with you. And to begin that journey of really trying to understand yourself and how you react to certain situations and then trying to understand where did that come from? One of the, when I was getting supervision for my clinical license, the best advice that I got is I was treating the symptoms of the, of the patient or the client. I was treating what they came to me for, but my supervisor told me, Terrence, you probably need to understand why they're doing this though. So why is this child reacting at a, uh, with anger or why yeah. are they getting in trouble only at school? You know, or why is this person, you know, yes, they might've had a breakup, but what about the breakup really brought them here? So why are they having these different issues or situations that they, they come to you about? And that was mm-hmm. very powerful because what people come to therapy for isn't what they come to therapy for. So if I come to you right. about depression, that depression started somewhere. So why are you having these issues of of probably not being able to sleep or losing interest in activities? So truly, really trying to get to understand that person, how they operate and where they started from. And so I always tell people, become curious about how you operate. So mm-hmm. I like to say, it probably didn't start with you. That's and I an think- interesting way of putting it. Sorry, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, become curious. And I think that that's actually a really good point too, because not everybody knows that they're struggling from trauma or PTSD. And it sometimes it takes that, that digging of the why to figure that out. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, they might come to you for depression and then you're, you're doing your, your, you know, counseling with them. And then in the end, you're finding out through all their therapies that no, this is actually PTSD from when they were a child. Yeah. Um, and I think the awareness of people knowing that it's actually PTSD is, is also, you know, something that people don't have. Some yeah. people do, but not everybody. Yeah. And a prime example of that is, especially with uh, in reference to intergenerational trauma, I might, you know, if I'm having difficulty in a relationship, because I feel like if I don't hear from this person, they'll forget about me, or, you know, that I'm not important to them. If we get farther in digging into probably like some childhood experiences and the relationship with their parents, you probably want to find out that they felt that same way with their parents. Mm -hmm. So they're actually responding to how that child felt growing up 
not necessarily to not feeling important in the relationship. Right. And that's when I say getting curious about the the why and start digging into some different aspects of your life, especially er- with early childhood experiences can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the inner child. You hear that term a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exploring the inner child can really tell a lot. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add to our conversation today? I think we covered a pretty good bit of it. And yeah. I still want to let people know that you know, regardless of the responsibilities that you might have, always take time to take care of yourself. Whether that's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, we always can carve out some amount of time to take care of yourself. And that could be, again, just sitting and, and you know, being mindful of what you hear, what you see, uh, what you feel. Uh, that doesn't have to necessarily mean you have to meditate or anything like that. It's just taking time out to be to yourself and to relax instead of getting consumed with all the responsibilities and all the problems that you might be experiencing in your life. I love Excellent. it. It's a great final tip. Self-care yeah. is so important. So Terrence, if somebody was looking to learn more about you or your services, how can they get in touch with you? Yes. So I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page is Missing Pieces Counseling Services. Uh, Instagram is called Missing Pieces Counseling. And then my website where you could directly send an inquiry for any anything, whether that's therapy or speaking engagements or anything like that. My website is www.missingpiececounselingllc.com. Great. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much for a great conversation about a very important topic today, Taryn. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. At Twin Life Coaching and Business Services, we are here for you through all of our services and our welcoming community. You can find more information about that on our website at twinlifecoaching.ca, where you can explore more. We hope to see you there. So again, thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. We hope that uh, you were able to take away some great key points um, to help you on your wellness journey. And as Tara said, uh, to learn more, it's twinlifecoaching.ca. Until next time, you've got this.